airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Cherry B is over in Studio CC. In just a little bit, we are going to spend some time visiting with Hope Helmuth. I think is how you say the last name. It could be. It could be Helmuth. But we'll find out for sure. I need to okay. know if the U is long or short. Thank you, Sherry V. She's like, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> she is on it. And uh, and I'm excited about this because uh, we we have we actually have two copies of Hope's Table. This is the uh, full color hardback recipe book mm-hmm. um, that Hope has done. And um, we have two two copies to give away to our listeners. Mm. So you know how excited I get about being able to give stuff yeah, away man. to people. So we're, that's going to happen today. Um, but the cookbook is Hope's Table, Everyday Recipes from a Mennonite Kitchen. Mm. And uh, so what I did was um, with my with my copy of mm-hmm. the cookbook, I uh, I handed it to Gabby yesterday. Yeah. And I said, I said, hey, Gabby, would you go through this cookbook and would you mark a few recipes that you think we should try? Mm-hmm. And she did. She was like, do you have sticky notes? I was like, I do have sticky notes, you know. So she grabbed a few little pink sticky notes and went through the cookbook. Over 100 recipes. This is beautifully done. Like yeah. this cook, like even if you don't, you know how there's some people who are like, I don't really like to cook, mm. but they kind of collect cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> you know those people. Yeah. They just enjoy reading through it and they enjoy looking at it. And um, I could... I could be that person <laughs> if I were not motivated by the fact that there's like six other people that I right. live with who need to eat. Um, anyway, it's a beautiful cookbook. And so Gabby went through and she marked some things and um, and we tried two of the recipes last night. And so now what oh, I will do. Oh, that was do, two. Yeah. Both of those were from Hope's cookbook. Those, those were two separate re- mm-hmm. recipes. Yeah. I thought that was one meal. Well, we made it a meal at Hope's suggestion in her cookbook. Oh, okay. okay. So, so for example, um, well, so here's what we tried last night. We tried something. And if you are friends with us on the Aaron the Addison's page, you'll see we just posted pictures of it. We just posted pictures of the meal from last night. The pictures you see on the Aaron the Addison's page, those are not pictures from the actual cookbook. <laughs> as would immediately be obvious yeah. when you see that it's just it's not perfect at all. <laughs> Those are actual pictures from the completion of the meal last night. I think that's what people want, though. They want. Oh, see. really? They want. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You can have want that. The nice camera shot. Like, I don't know. You know nice Unless light, it's in lighting. a cookbook. Yeah. Because if, if, if it's, it's in a cookbook, cookbook, then you want that. But if we made it, you're gonna get it raw. When the, not ne- not literally, but yeah, no, because yeah. the chicken was cooked. So last <laughs> night, last night we tried from the cookbook Hope's Kitchen, which, by the way, if you're listening today, you're gonna have an opportunity to get your own copy of this cookbook. Might make a great gift to someone, or just to keep for yourself. Uh, there is then now no condemnation. So if you <laughs> win it fair and square, it's yours. Uh, but it's wonderful, man. I it, it's really really well done. Um, nice. One of those cookbooks that you open and it lies flat. You know what I mean? Like you just, you just appreciate that. Or do you say lay? It lays flat. 
Yeah, May, I would say lace. Lice, lace oh. flat because it's a, yeah. it's a thing, not a person. Okay, got it, Sherry. Give me a thumbs up. Again, I always like at this point to remind people that I home educate. <laughs> I just want people to know that so that there's not any question or anything like that behind the scenes. Well, I just show you don't have to be perfect. Nope. Nope, you don't. Yeah. Um, okay, so last night we tried something called mango chicken curry. It was good. Man, Man. it was so good. It was good. Now, I, w- I will tell you this. The recipe, and um, and we posted pictures on the Aaron the Addison's page. So you can check it out and see it. Do you see that? Is it there? Has it posted? No, maybe it hasn't posted. Yeah, I don't Uh-oh. see it. On my phone, maybe I can, you know, slow or, or whatever. Or maybe, oh, you didn't hit send? Maybe huh. I didn't post it. <laughs> maybe I didn't. Anyways. It um, will be posted. Okay. Yeah. It should be there. Anyways. Okay. Um, so you can go and, and check that out. That's on the Aaron the Addison's page. It's mango, mango chicken curry. So the recipe calls for um, chicken thighs, which is, which is cool because a lot of recipes when you're, when you're preparing chicken mm-hmm. uh, calls for chicken breasts, right? But this recipe actually calls for chicken thighs that thighs you are better. cut in. Yeah, there's more flavor yes. in the chicken thighs. And so it was really, really good. But it also called for thinly sliced onions. Mm. Thinly sliced onions. Yum. And and then I did fresh mango. You could do frozen mango, but Yum. I did fresh mango. Now, will you admit mm-hmm. that you had some questions as I was putting this all into the big skillet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's combinations we don't usually uh, work with. No. But, man. It, it was really good. The mango was, like, it was necessary. Amazing. It was necessary. Oh, it, man. It was like, yes. So, we'll, so I guess we'll, we'll talk about it. With, we will. We'll share that we really like that dish. We will talk about that a little bit. Because one of the things that Hope does in her cookbook is that there's a little story that kind of leads into each of the recipes. So I think it's neat how she came up with the mango chicken curry recipe. Mm. Um, because, I mean, again, it's just you wouldn't think of mango kind of going in into a dish where you also have onions and, um, you know, and um, turmeric. So, but mm-hmm. but it was delicious, it was really right? Good. And so Hope suggested in the cookbook that that would be best served with the rice and beans recipe. Mm. So we that made... That was good too. <laughs> This is coming from someone who doesn't eat rice on a regular Not basis. No, really, man. I used to consume rice by, almost the, daily. by the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost did. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess so. I mean, yeah. um, but but you ate it last night, and it was, it good. was really good. And so anyway, um, Gabby helped me. She helped prepare the chicken. Mm-hmm. She helped prepare the rice and beans and all of that. And then the other kids were playing, and so she, she was lost her steam. Like, oh yeah, She's she like, ran out, out quick. She was like, but um, she stayed for a minute. She stayed for she a minute. Did. She did. You know. I'll definitely grant her that. She did hang in there with me, but I could tell she was distracted. Her affections were divided. Mm-hmm. She loves to cook and be in the kitchen, but she heard them screaming and running around and playing. They play spy games, you know, and so she wanted to be a part of that. So she was like, um, I think it's done. I was like, yeah, it's not done, but you are. You can right. go. You can go. <laughs> you're, done. You, you're, you're done. You can get out. So anyways, uh, but the rice and beans, and, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit when we get when we get Hope on with this as well, but the rice and beans, uh, called for like a cream of coconut, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Um, and you kind of, of I know, and you kind of cook the, um, you you cook the rice before mm-hmm. you. I'm sorry, not cook. You saute the rice in the cream of coconut and a little bit of oil, and get like a, a nutty, coconutty flavor on the rice, and then you boil it. Man. And and you put and the it was black a certain type of rice, though, wasn't it? Um, bas- basmati rice. Basmati. It so it so smelled so good. Our house smelled amazing last week, guys. I gotta tell you. <laughs> like we were not in America. No, it didn't. Like, right, it, it didn't, somewhere else. No, yeah, it definitely was not. It definitely was not. You know, it was not chicken nuggets and fries. No, but I mean, hello. 
there will always be Friday, okay? <laughs> Lord willing, there will always be Friday, okay? Um, but anyway, it was great. Now, I do have an issue, though, and I can Uh-oh. talk to Hope about this because the um, issue. one of the things I learned about Hope as I was reading through her cookbook, which, by the way, it's not just recipes. I mean, there's hmm. there's wisdom in it, and there's some of her experience with her family farm and um, you know, just kind of growing up in Mennonite community, and which I thought was just wonderful. And so maybe she can offer me some some wisdom on how I get the yellow turmeric stains out of my fingers. Ah, because the, the chicken recipe <laughs> last be like, night. Wash your hands. Well, you just um, gotta wash your hands. Okay, wash. <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I, you know me, I'm a germaphobe. Between last night and now, my hands have been washed millions and that's Literally. not an exaggeration folks my hands have been washed millions of times i hire people to count the number of times i wash my hands the independent surveyor no just kidding but the yellow is stuck in there and so i was working with jd this morning we were <laughs> going over some math and um he said as i was talking to him he was just dist- so easily distracted yeah. squirrel he said have you been peeling oranges <laughs> and i said no son that's the turmeric on my fingers i don't know how you get that off it, over time really <laughs> i don't know <laughs> okay anyways all right well we'll see about it anyways um all right so today we're going to give away two copies of hope's table and let me tell you how we're going to do it it's not going to just be random selection okay as it normally is today i want to give away this cookbook to two people uh-huh. who are willing to call in not now a little bit later in the show but two people who are willing and so you can be thinking about this Two people who are willing to call in and tell me what their hope is for their own table. That's Mm. what I want to know. Like when you eat with your family, you sit around your table. What do you hope for? Like, what is it that you that you want, Mm -hmm. you know, for your family? And so I just I kind of am just curious. You know what I mean? I know that we don't in many contexts, we don't just sit around the table and eat. Mm -hmm. It's we're so busy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really think that we need to bring the table back. Yeah, that's important. You know what I mean? Like there's so much conversation that happens around the table Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize we've missed out on. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I don't fight for that type of stuff. It's so easy to um, (laughs) just kind of take your plate and just go somewhere or, you know, not be at the table. Um, And I think it's very important because there are great conversations that can happen there. Yes. Uh, there's great things you can find out about your kids, that, you know, uh, how the day went, stuff yes. like that. You know, it's just important. And for it to be a time where you're at the table when the TV is off. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Pause or whatever you do. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Well, I would say off. I mean, I, I, I prefer off. Yeah. I actually I'm, I'm probably not the best person to talk about TV with because I prefer off most of the time. Yeah. Now, I just I, I just prefer it, off. It's, it's amazing. I grew up with dinner with TV on. We, we talked we, about that recently. We, and we sat at the table. We, yeah. we sat at the table, but TV was on. So everybody was kind of like looking at, you know, it wasn't really talking back and forth, yeah. maybe a little bit, yeah. but the TV was on. Yeah, and, and it, was so just, it, was, it was just normal. Yeah, just normal. So but, we were trying to explain that to the kids. We had a conversation about this reason, recently around the table, mm-hmm. and you remember they were so, they were like, what was that like? Like they were like, so what did you, like what did you do? You know, yeah. and then you explained to them how, it was very common in our house. You know, each person had their own TV. Like TV in their room. Yeah. You know? and so My they, room had a TV. Yeah. But their response was like, oh, lucky. <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, no. No. There's no need for that. <laughs> you keep the TV in the general area. That's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're going to have one, you know, it don't have to be in, in bedrooms. I mean, and, come on. And their thing was, if each person has a TV in their own room, mm-hmm. then you never have to worry about struggling over who gets to watch right. what. And I said, no, that builds, <laughs> that builds community. 
Yeah. That builds family. Yeah. We need to be fighting over who gets to watch what when. <laughs> we do. We need to bring make fighting great again. Uh-oh. Like everybody come in and fight for your space around the TV. That's so funny. anyway, that's cool. Hey, I just got a message uh-huh. from Her Highness Debbie Fisher. Okay. That is right. Ryan Fisher's wife. Yeah, we everybody knows who she Talking is. Talking about everybody a first knows. lady. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she said that I should soak my fingertips in white vinegar. There you go. I will try Boom. it. I will definitely try it because I got to tell you, it's um, here we <laughs> <laughs> the fingertips are absolutely yellow. Wow. All right. Okay. I don't know if awesome. we have time to get into this story, but you sent me a link to a video, um, an audio clip. Do we have time? I'm, I may be Ye- ambitious here. How hmm. long is it? Can we squeeze it in? It's a minute 47. What do you think? I think we can squeeze it in. Nick Foles, um, this I want to say to Nick uh, Foles, Brother, we appreciate you because we are striving always to live authentically Christian lives. And yeah. I think this is an example of what that sounds like. Here we go. No, that's where, you know, right when this, right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people. But at the end of the day, as I got, if this is the journey you want me to go on, I'm going to glorify you in every action, um, good or bad. And you know, I still could have joy in an injury. Um, and that, that's people hear that and say, that's crazy. But it's like when you believe in Jesus and you, you go out there and you play and that's that changes your heart. And you only understand it when, you know, that purpose in your life, just like when I hoisted the Lombardi trophy. The reason I'm smiling is my faith was in Christ in that moment. I realized I didn't need that trophy to define who I was because it was already in Christ. And that's my message when I play. Same thing happens when I get injured. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. If you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow, and be very alone and very sad. And then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life because my purpose isn't football. It's impacting people. And I, my, my ministry happens to be the locker room. And I've been able still to get to know people, get to know these guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing that is difficult from a fleshly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm at a better situation here as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. And I know that's a sermon in itself, but that's how I go through life. And the good Lord's been there to, you know, it's not always about prosperity. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe if you read the word of God and you understand it, there's trials along the way, but they equip your heart to be who you are. So. Um, when I step on the field, I'm going against a man in Frank Reich who's very similar. He's a guy that I admire more than anything. He's a guy that has impacted my life so much, and he's going to be on the opposing sideline. So um, that's going to be fun. Nick awesome. Foles, everybody. I mean, there's it, more it, we could say yeah, about that. Yeah, it's a that. big story because he came after being a, a Super Bowl quarterback, and now he's injured and all that. But Man, but Jesus giving glory is to still, God. amen, preeminent. All right, we got to grab the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Cam with Healer. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and she's gotten our guest on for us today, Hope Helmuth. And um, I'm excited because we get to spend some time talking mm-hmm. about food Yum. and uh, <laughs> and hosting <laughs> and being a blessing to others. We're going to, hopefully, we can talk a little bit about um, Mennonite life, because as I was going through the cookbook, Man, there was just something that was so refreshing to me as I was reading through 
um, some of the stories and some of the background about how special some of the meals are and even the preparation mm. okay. for those meals. I think that's something that, like, I think for you and I, Will, mm-hmm. growing up in the city, mm-hmm. um, I think understanding the joy of having a garden, which, I mean, you, your grandfather had a garden. He had a couple gardens. City. Yeah. So yeah, one in the project. Yeah. How about I would, that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that changes everything I was just trying to say. <laughs> we were just lazy. We were not. <laughs> no. Privileged. Anyways. Hope, thank you so much for joining us. I have to tell you, your cookbook is beautiful. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here talking to you all. Well, I'm excited because it's very rare that you actually make food from someone's cookbook and then get to talk to them about it. <laughs> yeah. But oh, um, that is precisely what we did last night. Um, Will the Great and I have five children, and our second born um, really loves cooking and baking. And um, and I presented her with this book and I said, if you could go through and mark a few meals that you think we should try, um, then we can get the ingredients and we can make them, which I think going out and buying special ingredients mm-hmm. violates one of your points of wisdom in the book. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a garden. It kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw that in there, like when you were talking about, you know, not buying things that you're not going to use, like use your staples, and then if yeah. something doesn't get used, then you stop buying that. I was like, uh. oh, do we tell Hope this? Or I <laughs> you know, well, um, you you have to buy the staples. I mean, you have to replenish those too. So that's I think ex- you're fine. That's exactly right. Why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself? I know that you are a blogger, you're a wife and a mom, and um, you also are a, a photographer. And, and something that was fascinating to me as I was reading just the inside cover, um, that you took the food photos, that, that the wow. photos inside the cookbook are your own. That's awesome. Yes. I guess this whole journey began when we first got married um, nine years ago, and I love to cook. And so I'm like, I would like to share my love for cooking with others, with somebody besides just my husband. And so I started a blog. And from that blog, um, I gained a following. And from the following, a publisher found me and asked if I would write a book for them. So that was just a little the starting of the journey. Um, But the cookbook process was quite a process. Um, it took two years, and as you know, it's about 150 recipes in the book, so that's about 150 photos, and <laughs> yeah, I, I headed up the testing team of about eight ladies here in the local community, and they helped me with that, so it's one of those projects where you're halfway in, the only way is to keep going to get out, and so <laughs> it felt like that in the middle of it, um, but now it's here, it's done, and it's been it's been a tremendous blessing just to hear people's responses and to know God was working through me to do this project, not for me, but for others. Oh, it's, it really is beautiful. I felt, you know, it's, it's amazing because I think that the stories just sort of naturally are woven into the, the recipes and it's more than just about cooking, but there is wisdom in it. And there is a sense of being connected to community and connected to family. You share some of the history of your family and even some of the things I think there's like one of the recipes I was reading about, or it may have been with um, the will you guys go and prepare meats? What did, what did you call you called it mm-hmm. something one time, and that's what it perpetually became known as, or something like that. But there was this. Um, it was probably Butcher Day. Okay, um, but I would call it pig pig meeting as a kid. <laughs> pig meeting. <laughs> pig yeah. meeting. I would, you know, speaking of kids, so you have two daughters. Uh, one of the things that you highlight in the book is the importance of teaching children about food. And you say that your mom didn't fix, quote-unquote, kid-friendly meals 
or just cater to your taste, but she made food. And even the mm. food that you guys took to school was the food that your mom prepared at home. Talk about that as a heritage of food that you wish to now leave to your daughters. Well, I think it gets harder as, you know, pre-packaged and pre-prepared lunches are so readily available and it's mm. the norm. But as something I want to carry on to my children, um, that simple things can be wonderful. And even though some food takes a little longer to prepare, the end result is so much more worth it. And if you aren't yourself making the food, you're not teaching that to your children. You're not teaching them how to make it as well. And so I think a lot of the traditions are being lost. Like, you know, people now buy pack crust, and it's like, well, the second generation just buys it. Well, nobody's learning how to make it. Mm. And so I think that's, that's where it's lost, just learning how to make it. Do you think, Hope, that part of our, I guess, attempts to regain this would require that we also have to slow down just a little bit in life? I think we're also so busy that it just seems easier mm. to grab it out of the deep freezer in the, in the grocery store than to sit down or to stand and to go through this process. So I think part of that is kind of slowing ourselves down, but then realizing how invaluable it is to pass down this, this, um, this skill and even, I think, the connectivity that happens when you're cooking together. Yes, very much so. And I still go back to you make time for the things you want to make time for. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, in your mind, decide that this is what you're going to do. And I think with anything, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So at first, learning how to cook isn't going to come real easy. But, you know, a year in, it's going to feel a lot easier. And it doesn't have to be extravagant. You can take a very basic and simple ingredient and turn it into a beautiful dish. I mean, you can grab a sweet potato and roast it and drizzle it with maple syrup and sea salt, and it turns into a beautiful thing. Mm, and so just <laughs> You know, just sticking with the basics is so important, and mm -hmm. it, it doesn't overwhelm your mind. So the book is Hope's Table, Everyday Recipes from a Mennonite Kitchen. Now, I hope that this is not too too simple of a question or too obvious of a question, but could you share with our listeners a little bit of the Mennonite tradition and help us kind of understand your background and what it is that you bring to cooking and even your family? Um. I guess the Mennonites are, of course, we're first and foremost Christians and we're biblically based, um, but we're known, I guess, as a lot of community helping each other, whether it's um, through food or caring for each other. So that's a very big part of it. Um, a lot of times um, church groups will get together and do things for other people um, and just more, it's more trickles down into the, the families, like they'll get together, family will get together and butcher a hog or you know, work corn together or do those, all those projects together. And I grew up with my grandma helping us with a lot of those projects. Mm -hmm. And it, it's such a, a treasured piece of my past and a, a great part of my heritage. So, you know, speaking of corn, I learned something as I was reading, like I really read through this cookbook. Let me just tell you. Hope. <laughs> so I learned something really interesting about creamed corn. Mm. Do you want to tell our listeners about creamed corn, something that many of us do not know about creamed corn? I don't really well, I think some people think creamed <laughs> corn is like the kernel corn with like a second cream sauce. But real creamed corn is, it's the process of how you cut it off of the cob. Mm. And it's um, what we call a creamer. So it's, as you take it across it, it creams it, it splits the kernel open. And the milky substance inside of the kernel is what creates creamed corn. Oh, okay. W will you approach maybe it differently, well, Will? Maybe I haven't had like real 
cream corn. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because what I've tasted, uh, yeah. It's okay, Hope. We're not easily offended. You can tell him that what he has eaten out of the can is not the same thing. You can tell him that. It's Hope. not the same. And if you had the real thing, you would remember if you had it. Oh, Ooh, there all you right. go. <laughs> okay, so Hope, over 100 um, pictures that you've, you've taken and that are in this cookbook, um, these meals are prepared, and you have a, tets, a test kitchen of ladies who are willing to be there, but also your family is your test kitchen. So I'm wondering how you found the time to write uh, not only these recipes, but also the stories that I, I feel like are just so endearing, right? Like, how did you find the time to do that um, while maintaining and taking care of your family? Um, I had to be very vigilant about making time for it. And so, I mean, pretty much every evening for two years, I had a recipe ready to test, photograph, and things like that. And I did not get child care that much. Um, I did get a little help outside the home, um, but just during nap time. And, of course, if you're if you're doing recipes and that kind of thing during nap time, you have other work that needs to be caught up. So I was, yeah, it, it was a hard two years, but it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You, you thank your husband and you thank your daughters uh, at the end of the book for being patient after the, <laughs> after the meals were prepared so that you could get yeah. like, like and my exaggeration here, like a million pictures before they were allowed to eat. Oh man. I mean, how does, how does that go hope? Like help us understand that. Are you saying guys, not now? Yes. Well, I mean, in the winter you're chasing daylight. So you're starting supper at three 30 until you photograph it before, before five. If you have kids there watching, I would photograph them there in front of our bay window, which is beside our kitchen table. And so a lot of times there would be little fingers poking in the food while I'm I'm taking pictures, um, trying to make it look perfect, and yes, it it was interesting, but we got through it, and there's a lot of good memories the girls have. So you have you have one recipe in here that um, is amazing to me. You have a donut recipe in here, Mm. and this is a special occasion recipe because, as you say in the book, that this means that you're going to be spending a tremendous amount of time in the kitchen. But your husband knows that if it's like a snow day, where like nobody's really going out and, and doing a whole lot. He's ready for these donuts. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yes, as soon as snow starts flying, I know that donuts need to happen, which <laughs> is a great tradition that we've started, and usually somebody helps me. But, yeah, usually just um, we'll mix up the dough that morning. It starts snowing. We usually have a fire there in our living room, and I just put the bread, the, uh, the do- donut dough there beside the fire, so it's going to raise quicker with the heat. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's a great tradition, a great process. The kids hmm. love to get involved, and there's a great end result, and then you'll always have family that wants to come over after. That. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Just, I think for most people, you can get past dough, and you don't even have to get the rest of it, and people are there with their coffee. They're already bringing their coffee, yeah. and they're ready to eat. Do you have a favorite recipe in this cookbook, Hope? Is there hmm. one that just is really special to you, maybe because there was a story attached to it, or maybe just because of the process? Like, What's one of your favorites? I would have to say my chicken pot pie. Um, I love a good pie crust, the flaky layers, and then it's just this warm, comforting, like a hug. It mm. gives you a hug, the filling. It's um, chicken, it's in a creamy base, carrots, caramelized onions, peas, and yeah, it's just, it's so comforting. <laughs> yes. I, you know, Hope, if I could just tell you, okay, if I could just tell you, I love this cookbook for a number of reasons. First of all, I love it because I feel like it is something that comes 
from the body of Christ. Like I, I just, I appreciate that so much. I, I love having the opportunity to make much of the gifts and the abilities that the Lord has given us in the body of Christ. And then two, I love that you are not um, trying to give a nod to the keto community that we're just, <laughs> 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 we're just going with bread. Like there's, there are bread recipes no in carb. here. There, I mean, <laughs> we're just going to live life. And <laughs> I'm mocking my husband. He's, he's so pro keto. I used to be. And yeah, then but I got I'm not tired really of keto anymore. No, because you ate rice last night. By the way, Hope. By if the I way, can, that that dish was. We tried two excellent. recipes from the book last night, Hope. Yes. Um, it was wonderful. We did the mango chicken curry. Yes. Okay. And, and okay. we we did the rice and beans. Rice and beans. Yes. Okay. It, it, because you said that's a good, good. one. Because yes. you did you serve coleslaw with it? Did, no, was no, that what that the was picture. on the side there? Yeah, yeah I told we didn't. you. No. Okay. Yeah. No. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Hope. <laughs> that's fine. That's that. To me, that all together, something about the the mango and the chicken and the rice, and then you finish it off with cold fall. It's just uh-huh. really good. Man, thanks for pointing out my failure. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was delicious. Yeah, so I got to tell you. So I I um I was not sure about mango and onions <laughs> and chicken mm-hmm. thighs, and even your intro to the recipe, you revealed that you stumbled upon this because you needed to use some overly ripe mangoes that you had but now it's something that your family loves it's delicious like how it goes well together it's amazing i just you know i i would not have paired that yeah but the taste is just it's amazing so my question is how do you get to the place where you trust yourself to just put these things together (laughs) and and then eat it (laughs) i don't know i'm a foodie i love food i love to go to restaurants and just to get new ideas, <clears throat> I like to follow people who create things. And so I tend to always like be dreaming of the next thing to put together or pair. Or And, and when you enjoy food, you're going to be a better cook, I think. I don't know. You know more what the end result needs to taste like. So there was a lot of work that was put into this uh, cookbook. Uh, do you foresee uh, part two one day? Or what <laughs> oh, <is> my. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's probably too early to ask yeah. me that now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I honestly think I would try it again once my children are older. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I'm already creating more recipes, and so there's probably going to be a second one. We'll see. Awesome. You know, this this conversation is strangely similar to the conversation that new parents have when they have that first newborn kid, and they're like, oh, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> when are you guys having your second? And you're like, hold on a second. Like this baby, we're still right. like learning this kid, you know. Anyway, that's that's so cool. So what faith message do you want um, readers to take away from Hope's Table? Like what what is it that you want, um, I guess, to be the overarching story of Hope's Table? Well, as the saying goes, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Mm. And food is one way you can do that. Oh, Hope, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Good. Well, I got to tell you, I'm excited that um, this is a part of our family. There's still, um, obviously, because there's over 100 recipes here, so yeah, there's still a lot to, try. to do. We've done two already, yes. and they were delicious. So now we trust you, Hope. 98 more. Just, oh, so. oh, more than 98. <laughs> yeah. So where can our listeners go to get a copy of the cookbook? Um, it's sold on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, yeah, all those places. Wonderful. Hope, thank you so much for this labor of love. This is a blessing, and I'm excited to be able to share it. If our listeners keep listening, in the next segment, we're going to give away two copies of this book, Hope's Table, Everyday Recipes from the Mennonite Kitchen. We'll take this break, and we'll be right back. 
so much fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. Like I, you know, look, the body of Christ, my favorite people. Those are my people. I love <laughs> talking. People. I love talking peeps. to us. I do. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what I mean? I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking about what the Lord allows us to do mm-hmm. for his glory, um, to live as faithful Christians in our generation and right down to and including cooking. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine just being everything that pertains to life and God? No. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey. Um, but just being faithful to her family, she's approached to yeah. write a cookbook and she gives herself to doing that. And her That's husband cool. and her family, and they all rally around. If you get this cookbook, by the way, and I recommend that you do it. I mean, it's fun. You're going to you're going to enjoy it, especially if you're a foodie like Hope described herself as a foodie. Um, then this is going to be something that you appreciate. Something else that is very dear and sweet, I think, is that the food photographs in here. These are Hope's. Man, pictures. Awesome. I mean, she took these photos and there's pictures of her mom and her dad, her husband, her kids or her daughters, you know, and her sisters. I mean, it's just it's a family thing. Yeah. Um, they live on a farm in Virginia. They own a classic uh, classic toy toy store. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They go down to like the river and and pick like watercress. Like, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. <laughs> like, I, wow. I have to tell you, as I was reading through this, I had this experience of like, oh, man. <laughs> I kind of I kind of want to do that. You know, I kind of want to have that experience. I just think it's really, really neat. So let me tell you this. I want to give away two copies of this book. All right. And this is the part that gets really, really super fun for me. Um, if you are listening right now and you love recipe books mm-hmm. or maybe you have someone in your life who you think would love this book, um, I'm going to take the first caller and the 10th caller who get through to Sherry B mm-hmm. and can tell me what they hope for, for their table. I'm talking okay. about your family table. What is your hope for your family table? And uh, if you can do that, we've got two additional cookbooks to give away. Here's the number, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Caller number one and caller number 10, what is your hope for your table, and you get a copy of this hardcover, over 100 recipes, nearly, I think, 150 recipes, beautiful, mm. vibrant color. I mean, it's a beautiful cookbook. Yeah. Can I just tell you, it's a, it's a beautiful cookbook, and I want to be able to bless you with it um, because I think it will be a blessing. Yeah. Call us number one and number 10, and, uh, and you're going to get on the air with us because you're going to tell us what your hope is for your table. Awesome. So you're going to talk to us, and then, and then we'll have you hang on the line and Sherry B will get your mailing information. And then we'll get this book out to you. Awesome. Um, that's the book right there. That sounds good. Uh, let me just say this about the clip that we played. Yeah. Uh, Nick, Foles. Nick Foles. He was the quarterback for uh, the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. a couple of years back. And he actually got a chance to play because the starting quarterback at the time got hurt and he came in and led the team all the way to the Super Bowl and won. Amazing. Uh, so it made him a high quality free agent, like mm-hmm. when it was time for him to go. And he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Okay. Now, when he got to Jacksonville, he got hurt. He got hurt. And there's this other quarterback, a young, young guy, uh, Gordon Manchu, okay. who came in and was tearing it up, doing great. Like, you know, and uh, so, but Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah. And, but he's hurt, so he can't play. So okay. the, the reporter was asking him. Man, seeing the, the young guy come in and, and playing, he said, you know, I know you're a man of faith, but I, but you're human too. So like, and so that prompted oh, his answer. Let's hear the clip again. That prompted with, his, his answer to that question. I think with that setup and then hearing his response, 
I think our listeners will understand even more so how important his response is yeah. um, to displaying faithfulness in Christ. Here we go. No, that's where, you know, right when this, right when I felt this thing break and I was going into the locker room, I just realized, you know, I just realized, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. Obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people. But at the end of the day, as I got it, this is the journey you want me to go on. I'm going to glorify you in every action, um, good or bad. And, you know, I still could have joy in an injury. Um, and that, that's people hear that and say, that's crazy. But it's like when you believe in Jesus and you, you go out there and you play and that's that changes your heart. And you only understand it when, you know, that purpose in your life, just like when I hoisted the Lombardi trophy. The reason I'm smiling is my faith was in Christ in that moment. And I realized I didn't need that trophy to define who I was because it was already in Christ. And that's my message when I play. Same thing happens when I get injured. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes. It's not about us. It really isn't. If you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow and be very alone and very sad. And then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life because my purpose isn't football, it's impacting people. And I, my, my ministry happens to be the locker room. And I've been able still to get to know people, get to know these guys through an injury. Though I might not be playing, that is difficult from a fleshly perspective, but from the spiritual perspective, from my heart, I've been able to grow as a human being to where I feel like I'm at a better situation here as a person than I was before because of the trial I just went under. And I know that's a sermon in itself, but... That's how I go through life, and the good Lord's been there to, you know, it's not always about prosperity. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe if you read the Word of God and you understand it, there's trials along the way, but they equip your heart to be who you are. So um, when I step on the field, I'm going against a man in Frank Reich who's very similar. He's a guy that I admire more than anything. He's a guy that has impacted my life so much, and he's going to be on the opposing sideline. So um, that's going to be fun. Oh, my goodness. So with that background. Oh, my goodness. Like being a Super Bowl winning quarterback, going to another team where you are starting but get hurt. And as a young guy who's the backup that's really that's doing well. And so you have to sit back and because you're hurt, you can't play. And that question, you know, basically saying you're human. How do you feel about this young guy coming in? And the answer that he gives at at that moment is is pretty powerful. That is powerful. But let me say something there as Christians. We should all be striving to say the same thing. There is something about what he said that (laughs) makes it obvious that he spends time with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it is there is no question that he spends time in the presence of God and in the word of God to be able to have that kind of question come at you and not take the bait. Right. Right. Because taking the bait would be. Yeah, well, you know, of course, I you know, I want to play. But but if that's secondary to what your ultimate aim and goal and goal is in life right then there's no bait to be taken uh, he knows his purpose he, he that's has amazing no, no question about it and it's refreshing to hear someone who would be considered a celebrity mm-hmm. speak with such authority about loving christ that is refreshing do we have our first caller yes we, uh hey, let's see go? let's go to uh georgia in arkansas is that right georgia yes, yes. hey hi georgia, georgia. hi so, so tell me what your hope is for your table. The main thing that I wish for my table would be that all of my family could be there. Mm. Mm. Now, is there is there a reason that your family cannot be around the table? Is there is there any specific reason, or is it just sort of like we're all kind of, you know, divided or you know, living in different areas? Um, no, is. Well, some of us has been divorced, so our kids go to their dads and eat, mm. and then 
mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like here and there. And most of the time, you know, the younger kids is doing their thing and it's hard to get everybody yeah. together. Mm, yeah. yeah, no, that is so important. Georgia, thank you so much yeah, for calling and sharing you. that with us. I really do appreciate it. You know, but I, I love that I hear in Georgia's um, voice the desire that um, that the table would be full. Yeah. The desire that the family would be around the table because I think, man, starting from the, the I think it's a basic place that the desire is there that the table would be full. So mm-hmm. often we're just so busy and scattered that we're just kind of like, it would pick something up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Thank you so much, Georgia. We appreciate it. All right. So that's one book down. Mm-hmm. Who gets the next book? All right. Next, we can go to Kevin. All right, Kevin. In Kansas. Hey, Kevin. How's the Addison clan today? We're doing good. <laughs> We're doing great. Thank you. Good, good deal. Good to hear. Hey, uh, I would say my hope's very similar to uh, George's in that I'd like to have all my family together. Um, I, I've got a son that lives out in the D.C. area, so uh, it'd be nice to have him home for the holidays. Uh, the rest of the kids all live nice and close to me, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to have them. Oh, but, good. Uh, you know, just just a matter of getting everybody together. We uh, we all do good. Uh, it's uh, we're a blended family as mm-hmm. well. Um, I've got uh, I've got three. She's got three, and we've got two. So we adopted wow. a couple little boys. And wow. So, uh, old old people that uh, decided they needed two little little kids. That's wow. wonderful. Oh my goodness, you guys are like a like the Brady bunch, but like it with extra. <laughs> right. Like worse. <laughs> Or bigger or better. I don't know what you want to that's, call it. But, uh, wow. We've got a pretty good-sized clan. Oh, that's awesome. wonderful. You know, Kevin, i got to tell you. So, so by the way, congratulations. You're going to get a copy of Hope's Table. And thank you so much for calling. I, but in my mind, like, I have a very vivid imagination. So right when you mention that you've got a son up in the D.C. area, you know, you'd love for him to be. I, right there, in my imagination, I'd be able to say, Kevin, turn around. There's your, look at He's right behind you. And it'd be like one of those home makeover stories. <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't no, that man. no no Kevin don't play around okay I'm sorry anyways Kevin go Kevin's go <laughs> oh my goodness I love the body of Christ all right so there you go those two copies That's of Hope's awesome, Table um, have have been accounted for can we make a, a switch to a sure. story that I think um, just kind of shows again where we are in our culture we we live in a time mm-hmm. where we don't recognize it immediately. But um, we find ourselves not able to even, I guess, have our own thoughts because we're so controlled. Mm. We're controlled by social media. We are controlled by what is called the mainstream media. And uh, we're controlled even by family members, people who have certain talking points that they have submitted themselves to and are willing to kind of give us a tongue lashing whenever they feel like it, right? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. just the reality of where we are. But so often if you dig deeper, you go beneath the surface, what you find is that – and you've described it this way mm-hmm. before, Will, that people are often followers. Yes. You know, that there are very yes. few leaders in our culture today. Um, people are often kind of just waiting for someone else to tell them what to do. Mm, and right. I see an example of this in the singer Ellie Goulding. Mm. <laughs> All right. Now, Ellie Goulding, who I don't know. Okay. I don't I, know I, this I don't, singer. I never heard of her either. So I'm not going to pretend like, oh, and this is so, I don't know who she this. is. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea who she is, but she's threatening to back out of a halftime performance uh, on the Thanksgiving ball game. Why, Felicia? 
Okay. Uh, and so she's threatening to back out of this performance because this halftime show is uh, sponsored by like the Salvation Army or it's going to yeah. feature or highlight the Salvation That's Army. That's a normal thing at those cowboy games. Yeah. So on Thanksgiving. she was a supporter of the Salvation Army. Right. Even tweeted out a picture of herself right. with the hairnet and everything for Salvation Army. But on her Twitter feed, mm-hmm. some LGBTQ plus activists got at her. Yeah. And said, how dare you support this they anti. The they said, if you <laughs> want to have free passage in mm-hmm. this society, in this culture, then you will submit to us and us alone. You will kiss the ring. You will kiss this ring if you want to be protected in culture. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of this bullying, she is now walking back her affiliation with the Salvation Army and in the process thanking the homosexual bullies for bringing to her attention that the Salvation Army is anti-LGBTQ plus IA, all right? Now what we're talking about here is any corporation any organization that believes that marriage is between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. any organization that says we believe in biblical marriage, right. we believe in marriage that has been supported for millennia, anybody who stands up to say that, any organization that stands up to say that, they are automatically bigoted and hateful individuals. Mm. And so that's what we see now yeah. with the Salvation Army and the Dallas Cowboys, that affiliation. And then this singer who is saying, I'm not going to sing. I'm not going to perform if you guys are working with the Salvation Army. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't know if Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, has made a statement, but I I hope he says, well, Biden. There are many more um, entertainers that would love to sing (laughs) at at the Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping that Jerry Jones, you know, has the guts to stand up against the LGBT mafia and say, well, Sorry, that's your your loss. So this this halftime performance has kicked off the Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the kettles you mm-hmm. see outside of all of your stores and everything where you have the opportunity to drop in a donation as you're coming and going from your grocery store, your shopping malls, things like that. Mm-hmm. So this game has kicked off the Red Kettle campaign for the last 22 years. Mm-hmm. The last 22 years. And all of a sudden, this this, I mean, who is she? Who, who I never, is, I never who heard is of Ellie her. Goulding? Never heard of her. That she comes along and she's like, it's but me see, or them. The thing is, never heard of her, but she feels like she has to toe the line so people can hear of her. So if she make this mistake, you know, she had to go back and say, you know, ah, no, nah, I rebuked the church <laughs> rebuked. But it's the Salvation right, well, Army, she had to do it yeah, because she's trying to get to a certain position. She's got to protect herself and culture. Right. And you can have no cultural past. You can have no cultural success unless you agree or submit to the LGBTQ mob. Right. Now, guys, Ridiculous. you can continue allowing yourself to think that you're the bigot and that you're the bully. Mm-hmm. So all those anti-bullying campaigns, these people need to submit to those campaigns themselves hmm. because this is bullying at its finest. Exactly. I hope that the Dallas Cowboys say to her, as you said earlier, bye, Felicia. Yeah. All right, we're out of time. (laughs) Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.